on the Fan Morning Show. Jesse Rubinoff filling in this week for Justin Cuthbert. And Blake Murphy is in studio, guys. We're so lucky because we've got two human guests in one day. And he's our insider. <laughs> human <laughs> well, guess. human guests make a big difference. <laughs> human. Wait, human like guests. Yeah, yeah. And our insider brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. Blake Murphy, host of Jay's Talk Plus, and base basketball writer at Sportsnet, and probably baseball writer at Sportsnet as well. Blake, how's it going? Good. I want a non-human guest on my show now. Like I want. <laughs> so Jeff has a party. Who's my producer? He got a new dog. And Don't now that, that you have specified that I'm a human guest, yeah. you can get kind a dog of feel guest. like that leaves room for a non-human guest. And as well, bring your dog in later. Well, you saw yeah. Bark at the Park last night. I did. That was the ex- most exciting part of the whole baseball game. Most exciting part of the entire season for A's fans, I think. <laughs> other than <laughs> other than the people who rented a billboard directed at John Fisher's yes. mother. Of come collect your son. That's tough. Yeah. More dogs and humans in the game last yeah, night, it felt like. It was uh, rough. Yeah. Don't know if you guys noticed in MLB rules. The, the the Blue Jays won, so they get to take any dog they want. Each <laughs> oh, my gets, God. Each player gets to just steal a dog There's from the There's some motivation. Fans. It only yeah. showed up in the seventh inning. Uh, let's not start Blue Jays. Yeah, if you talk about Blue Jays all day long, we definitely want to talk Canada basketball because we had Dan Schulman in Love here. That. We're really excited. If you turn on Sportsnet right now, our coverage just began. You see Danielle Michaud, Michael Grange, and Sherman Hamilton on the panel. And of course, in 30 minutes, the game begins. Um, you have been in a tough position, though, Blake, because <laughs> you were on TV watching these games yeah. while also hosting Jays Talk Plus. And I know you try your best, but there's been times where I've seen you fist pump or do a three. Yeah. And, and that's fine because, you know, you can be a fan of both. Yeah. it's uh, Look, it's not the easiest thing in the world to juggle both. And I'm <laughs> writing off some of these games, so I have to go back and watch them after in, like, actual detail. Mm. But, yeah, it's I fun. mean... You guys host shows, you know that you can, especially if you pick your guests carefully. (laughs) And, you know, I didn't do this today, but there was one day last week where I made sure I had a particularly long-winded guest in the segment (laughs) that I Was it J.D. Bunkus? It was not. It was not because I wanted to get a sentence or two in. Yeah, that's true. Um, Plus, I mean, his allegiance is swinging back and forth between Canada and Latvia has been a bit much. Uh, Oh, he's only half Latvian now because they lost today. Um, (laughs) Anyway. He just respects the fan base. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, was also giving him a hard time because he's apparently the only Latvian who can't grow a beard. That entire team <laughs> yeah, is bearded. They're all like, like woodsmen. Yeah. Um, anyway, it has been difficult, but in like a funny way. Mm. Like I get up and it's I watch fun. the early games before I come in or, or I have my little setup in the studio because no one's in there before me in the morning. So I'll have games on in there. And then, yeah, right now I'll go and I'm, all my prep for the show's done. So I'll watch from 830 to 10 Beautiful. and then... Hopefully Canada's up by like 15 at that point and I can half pay attention. Well, yeah, we were just talking uh, before you came on about the game that was on in here and Raptors fans would like to know how Dennis Schroeder <laughs> performed and Dennis Schroeder went four for 26. I Not think good. that's what the line was. Uh, you might want to double check the box score, but it was unspeakably bad. And I watched, so I didn't get up for the first half. I tried and I was with the Jays West Coast four last for night. 26 confirmed. I couldn't get there. Uh, so I watched the second half. And I thought the stat line was a mistake because obviously <laughs> you don't take that. It many looks shots like it. I'm looking at it right now. Way. And like, it's one thing if, you know, if this were a scenario like, I don't know, the Bahamas team that just qualified for the Olympic qualifiers and like Eric Gordon's there as mm. a naturalized citizen and like you are the best player on that team by a wide margin, like Roddy Hall's Jefferson on Jordan, for example, mm. when he was putting up those it Kobe stats. Yeah. yeah. If you were doing that, that's one thing. But Schroeder did this with, like, Mo and Franz Wagner next to him on a team that has been arguably the best team in the tournament. And they still won that game with him going four for 26. So I think that tells you a lot about how good this Germany team is. And it also tells you a little bit about 
look, Dennis Schroeder's an amazing FIBA player. Coming into this game was probably like a top five player in the entire tournament if you were making like an all-tournament team. But role specificity is important for Dennis Schroeder because he will take 26 shots in a in a close game. Wasn't Rondé Hollis-Jefferson getting Kobe comparisons in yes. some of those? Yeah, that's tough. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, he he did that himself and other players that because Rondé's really well liked around yeah. the league. So I think once people started seeing kind the stat funny. lines, yeah, they're yeah. like, oh, Kobe. <laughs> and then obviously the U.S. writers who were there uh, run with it, yeah, like Windhorse yeah. ran with it a little bit. It's like when Belt calls himself the MVP. Yeah. He, really, he really did kind of look like Kobe <laughs> in the highlights. Yeah. It, look, it's it's a funny thing about the NBA. And you see this the odd time that like a guy who fails at the NBA level goes down to the G League or yeah. whatever. And the FIBA game's a little different too, but like, the guys who are fringe guys in the NBA are obscenely good. Yeah. So, like, mm. you can go down, you know, like, Svee dry, went down to the G League one day and just, like, dropped a cool 40. It's like, cool, I can't yeah. I can't make a shot in the NBA. I can't crack a rotation. Uh, I'm going to be the, down, the yeah. 15th man on the Celtics this year. But, hey, drop me in the G League, I'll, I'll score 40. Or Rondé, you know, in, in one of these environments. And, again, some of that's role. Like, Rondé on Jordan gets mm. every touch he wants. Yes. So if he were playing for Team USA, he would be the Rondé Hollis-Jefferson we expect. Mm -hmm. Maybe a little bit more, you know, post-offense because there's more room for that in FIBA. But, yeah, some of it is the environment you're playing in. So, Blake, uh, I know you've been covering Canada basketball for a really long time. Uh, this is exciting uh, for a lot of Canadians. But I feel like you have an extra level of pride. You put the work in to know these guys as they come up the system and where they've come from and, and their storylines. We had Carl English on yesterday, which I'll talk, talk to you about after. But, yeah. um, you know, there's, there's probably a little bit of extra pride for someone like you that Paris Olympic birth seeing that on the weekend yeah I mean I didn't do it I didn't win the games yeah, but, but yeah you cover them, it you is know. and and I think that honestly covering it over 10 12 years or whatever is mm -hmm. and like being a fan back to to my high school days or whatever right. like there is an element of me that's like damn like I was really like on the real GM message boards trying to find out information yeah. about Carl English's games mm -hmm. in Spain <laughs> like that's how far can from like yeah. there's only one guy you can look up fringe stats for like I don't know, we see Javon or, or Sherm pop up on these mm -hmm. broadcasts, and it's like, yeah, yeah, I, I was like, them. the 2000 Olympics, like, I'm looking at those those guys' box scores, or, or <laughs> are they going to make the team? Where's Jamal McGlure and all this? So it, it really puts into perspective how far basketball's come. And then, like, from a, you know, a writer perspective, like, I could not have done another four years of the same writing cycle of like, no, hey, all the talent is there, but it never comes through. And if I had to do another one of those last chance Olympic qualifying tournaments, <sighs> I'm out of here. Like and the brackets that you're trying to dumb it down to us. I'm like, I still get it. I don't get it. Like, well, so and, and it's, it's because awful. that the FIBA FIBA is designed for someone like me. It's like the NBA CBA where the more wrinkles and <laughs> stupid loopholes there are, just the primers, more value just I have. Coming out exactly. Left, right, and center, yeah. exactly. So FIBA does that. And then like, we had to get FIBA clarification because my reading of the tiebreaker rule book in the second round was different than other people's reading of it. And I was like, I think this is right. But like they have this like 16 page tiebreaker appendix in their rule book. And Why? the examples like conflicted with each other. This is how convoluted yeah. FIBA is. Just, just win games and then hopefully exactly. you win. There's no tiebreakers <laughs> if you're undefeated, which is why the Brazil game was so frustrating. Um, anyway, it's huge. Yeah, it's it's I feel really good for these players. I feel super good for, you know, the 33 or 36 players players who got them to this point and aren't on this team because mm -hmm. they're the winter core or whatever. Um, you know, we saw the emotion from like a Dwight Powell, Kelly Olynyk's been a part of this program since I want to say 2008. Um, a guy like Melvin Edgem, who is like at every one of these events in season and not, and he's the type of guy that's like, damn, like if the, if Canada develops too much NBA talent, like 
this is one of our top mm-hmm. FIBA players. Is there a spot for him? How much right. do you value the veteran leadership and FIBA experience? Um, and he's a guy who's been like an older brother to like RJ and a couple of the young guys coming up. So it's obviously it's really cool for Shea and RJ and Dylan too. But like those guys were going to have more cracks at this yeah. for the the guys who have kind of held it down and like, you know, it's almost a little disappointing. Tristan doesn't really play anymore because he's been such a big part of this program up to this point mm-hmm. too. Um, yeah, it was very, very cool. And then I think, you know, there is a more practical side of this where if you are Canada basketball, you're the CEO of Canada basketball, you are on the sponsorship and sales team of Canada basketball, you finally moved past the hurdle where there's an Olympics now. Right. Money me, please. Well, Rowan Barry actually on our show was like, we're already booking meetings. Like we're booking. Solic- a, yes. yeah. He's sponsors, like, he was yeah. like, if you're listening and you're a corporate yeah. sponsor, yeah. contact me. And I was like, yes, and, please. And this is something that snowballs because, you know, by performing well in the world cup, your FIBA ranking is going to go through the roof, which means you're a mm-hmm. higher seed in future tournaments, which means it's easier to make the world cup and mm-hmm. make the Olympics and succeed there. Like no more group of death mm-hmm. and things like that. And then the money's there. So a huge part of, I think the difference for Canada this time around is they had a month-long training camp they spent a week in spain and a week in germany playing exhibition games two games against germany who are in the semifinals yeah. yep. an exhibition game against spain who they had to play in a, in a do or die scenario these are top programs in the world and the money hasn't always been there for it you look back to the 2021 last chance qualifier they hosted in victoria Check and some in. of that was like covid related and stuff like mm-hmm. it, it sucks the situation but they played zero tune-up games in a tournament format where if you lose one game you're done like having the money and the buy-in to be able to do that kind of stuff. And like, look, it's unfortunate that this is the reality of it. The women have been doing this for like 20 years in this program, but everybody eats if that, if more of that money starts coming in and you pair these sponsorship deals with the women and the men's side of the Olympics, because the women will very likely qualify for the Olympics Mm. as well. So um, I think there's a real snowball effect here for, for the program. You think that's where it turned, like you mentioned the buy-in and the summer core and that's like, that's where things really kicked off here because the the high-end talent, you know, has been there in the last five, 10 years, but finally they all decided to, to show up. Yeah, I think it's a big part of it. I think, you know, I, I think if they had it back, they would have done the three-year commitment thing a little differently or at mm-hmm. least the the way they framed it publicly because I think they would have, and I don't mean this as disrespect to him, but like when Jamal Murray and Cassius Robertson both pull out, they probably would have loved to like call on Andrew Nembard instead of Kenny mm-hmm. Cherie as, right. as the extra call up for those games in Spain, right? Like Kenny Cherie, great guy for the winter windows and stuff like that, a big part of the program. But when you've got NBA caliber guys sitting at home who aren't there just because they couldn't make the three-year commitment because they're on rookie deals or whatever, um, you know, or in Wiggins' case, because he's Wiggins and he's only going to commit a year at a time, um, you know, I I think you would have liked a little bit more flexibility there, and we'll see how they handle it with the Olympics. I also, honestly, I think part of the, like, three-year commitment thing, when Nick Nurse left, it's like, well, how do you even hold the guys True. to it? Yeah. Um, because you've got a new coach in place yeah, and stuff. about that. That's a really good point. I kind but, of forgot about Nick Nurse's, like, whole role in that. It's like, Dory Fernandez has been so fun and so exciting yeah. and invigorating. And and, but Nick has been great about it, too. Doug Smith had a piece at the Toronto Star yesterday. He talked to Nick and Nick was like so happy and so proud. And like, this is kind of what we were working toward and and you can understand that. And look, Nick's fingerprints are on it too. They're still running a lot of his offensive stuff because you can't overhaul an offense that you've been building for, (laughs) for, yeah. Yeah. Like since 2019 is when Nick, I think first took the job. So like how much can you, you really Mm -hmm. over overhaul and things like that. So his fingerprints on it uh, too. 
And then, yeah, it's, it's going to be really funny when they're in the finals against Germany and Germany's coached by Gordy Hebert, who also has his fingerprints all over this team because he was the coach for a lot of the winter windows yeah. forever. Well, double dipping, it yeah. feels like. And like yeah, the game against Spain, obviously, Jordi Fernandez, the roots there. Um, yes, yeah, Gary Oli calls him his FIBA father. Yeah, yeah. It just it's been really fun to watch Jordi Fernandez's, uh, I guess, like last two months, right? He mm-hmm. gets this job. Um, and when we talked to Rowan Barrett, I know I mentioned that he was like, we immediately, as soon as we heard like ponderings about Nick Nurse. We wanted yeah, Jordy Fernandez. Yeah. We got him ready, and he's come and taken this team. It seems like the respect level is there, the buy-in. He knows mm-hmm. how to push the right buttons, mm-hmm. and he pushed them. Like, he he called guys out. He's in the – you hear the scrums. Hmm. He's in the, the huddle. I love that about FIBA broadcast. so great, yeah, yeah. right? But, oh. I mean, he's showing why he should get an opportunity to head yeah. coach a team in the NBA, and hopefully the Raptors don't regret their decision. But <laughs> yeah. It's interesting, right? Yeah, it is. It's, um, you know, everyone's kind of swung back and forth so quickly of, like, they should hire Jordy. Uh, Spain's up again by 12 they should have hired Scariolo um, <laughs> poor Darko's sitting there just like reading his Knicks notebook yeah he's and, getting uh, sued <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think, look, everyone's known Jordy was going to be a future head coach at some point. I got to know him a tiny bit when he was coaching Cleveland's team in the G League, and they were in the same division as 905, so they were here like eight times a year, it felt like, and then he he did some summer league stuff with the Kings. Everyone's spoken highly of him. I don't know if Rowan said this specifically, but Jamal loves Jordy. Like, Jordy was, obviously, Good Jamal didn't come out for, sure. for this team, but when one of your best players is like, even if I don't play, this is the guy, uh, I think that goes a long way, too. And yeah, I didn't... Uh, didn't love his Brazil performance, but he wasn't the only one. So redeem himself. Yeah, I mean, look, everyone has a has an off day, and look, no one would have cared about how he coached if R.J. Shea and Kelly didn't have bad games at the same time. But yeah, he's been he's been good. He's uh he's a lot of fun. I also, I don't know if you guys caught, but to carry on the Nick Nurse lineage, I guess he dropped an Arkells lyric in his post game presser the on other purpose? day. Yeah. What did he say? Uh, I forget the exact lyric. I'm um, the, it was from "Knocking at the Door." Okay, um, but That's yeah, the he, song. Dro- he dropped an Arkell's <laughs> lyric. Of, in the, uh, him ripping his team. No, this was after the the good. This oh. is the positive uh, the one. Positive it was part. after the win. Yeah, because wow. like, we were yeah. talking to, to Dan Schulman about that and mm-hmm. the Brazil <laughs> presser, where he like literally went guy by guy yep. and just shredded them. And that's a very bold strategy in such a short tournament. Like, when you saw that, like, were you questioning it like I was? Like, that's a that's an interesting move. I mean, my biggest thing was like, it. This is uh, look. It's a risk, obviously. Um, we don't know the terms of his contract in terms of length, mm. but at the international <laughs> stage, like, Five you can games. you can do this, like. <laughs> We, we used to see this with, you know, it was like a running joke of like every four years, Lith- whoever was coaching Lithuania would rip all their guys and like storm out after they were eliminated. <laughs> and like Lithuania, that's part of like the pressure there and the programs had so much success. But yeah, it's like, yeah, Jonas is getting ripped after like a 20 and 10 game where he's plus 16. Um, some of it is the heat of the moment. I also think... Look, I think it's important for a young coach like that who hasn't made his bones at the NBA level yet to have the confidence Mm. to lay down the law like that. And look, guys are going to respond to it or they won't. I don't know, for example, if that goes as well with, say, a Wiggins or, you know, someone like, I I don't know, Kelly's so mild mannered. If it's a more fiery person that you put in that spot who's been with the program for that long, I don't know how it goes. But this is part of the benefit, too, of having a month-long camp and build-up is that he's probably gotten to know those players and those relationships Definitely. a little bit and known when to when to push those buttons and when not to. So, um, yeah, a little bit of a little bit of a risk, but... This is a oh, but here they are. This is a clinch yeah. or or you're out of here scenario yeah. for everyone. So 
Why, why not if you think that's the right thing to push? We got Blake Murphy in studio. We're about 15 minutes away from Canada, Slovenia, starting um, on sports. And, of course, you can catch the, the panel right now, teeing it up. Um, Just Steve Nash on TV Steve right Nash now. Don't turn the channel or anything. Yeah. But. <laughs> Steve Nash is currently on television. Uh, so go check that out um, or pause it and listen after we go on break. Um, okay, so Luca. How big of a challenge is Luca going to be today? It's huge. Um, he's been the best player in the tournament, highest scorer, obviously. I think if he's not tops and assists, he's right there as well. They run everything through him, similar to how the Dallas Mavericks would, just without Kyrie mucking stuff up off to the mm-hmm. side. Um, now, uh, the end of when they got blown up by Germany, Luca looked banged up. Um, we never heard any ro- – the Slovenian media, I think there are 11 of them there to one Arash, and they would – obviously, they're not going to reveal <laughs> if Luca's banged up or whatever. Like, they are – they're media, but also like they want Slovenia right. to win. They're not giving anything away. So uh, maybe Luca's not at a thousand percent, but even if he's not, he's a tremendous challenge. Everything is going to run through him. I think they'll probably try to attack Kelly Olynyk a little bit with pick and roll stuff. See what Canada's comfort level is switching that and having Kelly just like kind of emergency stay in front of him. But I think, you know, if we look at the NBA sample, it's a lot better if you can, you know, hedge those Lucas screens mm-hmm. and defend against the pick and pop, but they have a couple bigs who can step out. Um, Mike Toby, who is not actually Slovenian. He's as Slovenian as the three of us, but uh, <laughs> he plays for them. Um, you know, they've got a, a guard who's a, a pretty good sharpshooter and they'll run some big, small pick and roll where, you know, if they're going to target Shea, for example, not because Shea is a bad defender necessarily, but because you want to make Shea work on the defensive mm-hmm. end, you know, you could see a lot of, uh, a lot of that, um, you know, Shea being put in pick and roll and challenge Canada to either change Shea's assignment or or let Shea on Duncic. Um, the biggest question to me, though, is how much Lou Dort plays in this game because his offense has been up and down and he's gotten into foul trouble at times. But we all know what Lou Dort is defensively. Mm-hmm. And Luca himself has said Lou Dort is one of the three hardest defenders in the league to score. And Lou, like, I, I know that he gives up a lot of size, but what tends to... And nothing works well against Luka Doncic, but if you look at the games where he hasn't been quite as effective, it's the physicality. And Dort is so good at taking that kind of one slide step and then the strong lower half just being in your way where a guy kind of bumps off of you. And it's not a charge, but it's not a a blocking foul either. It's just slide in front of you with that strong lower base. Um, Luka can have some frustration because Luka's not, he doesn't want to take mid-range pull-ups. He Mm -hmm. wants to get into the paint and have everyone collapse. And, you know, yeah, he's going to score his 25 points a game or whatever, but he'd rather get two feet in the paint and kick it out and have the defense scrambled and stuff like that rather than being a jump shooter himself. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, Dort hasn't started. I'd be tempted to start him. Um, I, I don't think they will. And I think Dylan will probably start on him, but Dort's going to play a huge, huge role in this game. Well, it's amazing that the team Canada has options like yeah. that to have two of the most premier defenders, perimeter defenders for sure in the NBA. Uh, you mentioned that Luca likes to get to his spots, likes to get into the paint and, Shea Gilders-Alexander might be just as good as Luca at doing that. He is among the craftiest that there there are in the world stage now. And just like Canada is going to have to stop Luka Doncic in Slovenia, Mm -hmm. Slovenia is going to have to stop Shea Gilders-Alexander. And I think the difference is Canada is exceptionally deeper than Slovenia here. So how do you, if you're Slovenia... How do you wrangle Shea Gilgis Alexander, but also hopefully you don't the rest of the team? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Shea's going to be a tough one because you don't have a, a natural put this guy on Shea and try to lock him down. And Canada can do some 
interesting things defensively. Um, one of the areas where Slovenia struggles a little bit is, you know, they have a ton of size. Like they only play one guy in the rotation who's smaller than like six, five propellic their sharpshooter who I mentioned, they'll probably do some Dunchich stuff with. Um, they don't, play anyone small. So that's going to be the biggest challenge for Canada is even if you can beat your man one-on-one, there's going to be a ton of size in the paint. They don't have a traditional rim protector at all. No one there is really a big shot blocking threat. I don't think they have anyone averaging even a block a game. Um, But what they're going to do is there will be a lot of just size around the paint in general. Um, They haven't been particularly effective defensively, especially in transition. So this is an an area too where uh, how you do on Luka will feed your offense because if Luka's living at the free throw line, really hard to get your transition offense going against a a set defense after free throws. Um, If you can keep him off the line, this is a team you can run against and Canada's been pretty good doing that. Um, But yeah, I think it's going to be just a lot of size and, you know, we'll see. Does that dare shot uh does that dare Shay to you know hit more of those mj step back <laughs> long twos that that he won that he punched the olympic birth with yeah. um you that know obviously s- some some premium on the the kind of elbow shooting as well like they run a lot of of horn set stuff where they come down and shay's got the ball and the two bigs are at the elbows and then the two wings are in the corners um the way slovenia defends and the amount of size they have uh, you might you might be tempted to invert that a little bit at times so you can try to get some of the size out of the paint and let your guys shoot from up top instead of in the corners where a big guy can kind of cut mm. off the space better. But yeah, I mean, a lot of it flows through Shea and RJ to some extent as well. We haven't seen one of those games in a couple games here where RJ just kind of puts his head down and gets into the paint and uses the benefit of, you know, FIBA refs generally let you be a little more physical driving into the paint. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I think there are opportunities there. This is not a, this is not an elite defensive team. We won't keep you for too much longer, Blake, because I want you to make sure that you're there for the uh, start of this game, which is in eight minutes. Uh, so you'll have to run across the studio. Um, but let's get a, a Jay's question in there. You have Jay's talk plus at 10. Uh, what are you guys talking about today after quite the uh, snooze fest for most of that game, but still Blue Jays are now in a playoff spot. They are in a playoff spot. And the nice thing about that is you now control your own destiny, right? Mm. You're in a playoff spot. It's yours to lose. And you have four against Texas. So as much as this has all felt not great and the wins against Washington and Colorado and Oakland have not been enthusiastic ones. And they're ones you you probably would have liked to pick up an extra win or two in there. You're back in the spot you need to be. Um, There's really not going to be much of a difference Honestly, you could make the case the third wild card would be better than the second wild card anyway because you get the Twins yeah, instead wow. of Tampa Bay. <laughs> but yeah, just get one of them, and now you're back in control of that. Uh, this series next week against the Rangers is massive. The one thing we do have today, which is relevant to what's been going well with the Jays, is Matt Hag, the mm-hmm. Buffalo Bisons uh, AAA hitting coach, is coming on with me around 10.30, Yeah, so I mean, you have <laughs> Schneider, Horowitz, and Clement all being kind of your three best hitters of late. Can sure. they call him up? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> hey, he's a, he's a, actually, he was a September call up in the 2015 season. He was like a pinch hitter specialist. Wow. Uh, and then they sold him to Hanshin Tigers of Japan. <laughs> so, <laughs> Do you think there's a future for him on like, the Jays? Yeah, I think yeah. so. He He's risen really quickly. Like, he only joined the organization in 2020 uh, and went A-ball to double-A to now triple-A mm-hmm. really quickly. Uh, he also does a lot of work with them in spring training. Like, he's, his job title is technically swing consultant. So, I could definitely Sweet. see him... In, the, in a major league bench uh, in the future, whether Toronto or, or elsewhere. But he's risen really quickly. And then obviously the results that, that those guys are having. And then even like 
like Nathan Lucas has like a 950 OPS at AAA Something right going now. Like on everyone's there hitting. Something in the water. Um, everyone's hitting. Like the Buffalo Bills. How, your Jags feel good? Oh, yeah. Good? I felt yeah. a little less good that so many people are picking them to uh, do well. Uh, yeah, I like Peter King. But uh, don't love when Peter King has my team. Okay, I'm just, it's very unfamiliar. He had them to uh, top the AFC record-wise, not, really? not make the Super Bowl. Oh my God. Just on right. Is it, that a byproduct of the division? It is a yeah. byproduct of the division. I think he had them to finish like 13-4 or, or something like that. That made me a okay, little. happy season for you. That made me a little queasy, though. Okay. Yeah, Division it's, is bad. It's bad. Okay. Yeah. Like, well, they, they should be winning the division. Yeah. Well, okay, handily. so it looks Best like luck to you, you have uh, Kayla McGrath. Yeah. Matt Hag and then Chris Blackdown. Black. Okay, so awesome. So uh, Blake's on ten to twelve, of course, on Sportsnet five ninety. The fan you can catch him on Sportsnet three sixty, trying to not watch as uh, as visually. But you know what? Whatever. Canada's kicking off uh, in about five minutes. Just so be up big, so I yeah. I can tune out. Well, enjoy nonetheless. Uh, thanks for coming in and uh, head across the studio and uh, five minutes. Yeah. Tilt it off. So thanks fun, so much, man. Blake. Thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, that was Blake Murphy of JSTOCK Plus and, and at Sportsnet, of course, the basketball writer and our insider. Brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. Yeah, big Jags guy. So hopefully, what a wealth about of knowledge team. that guy is. Just pours out. It just pours out. Oh, I heard me too. And then uh, that's uh, Josh. You're a big Jags guy this year. Okay. We got to get the uh, the squads picked. Maybe tomorrow we preview what's going on in the NFL. But as I mentioned, five minutes away from Canada, Slovenia. Uh, you can check that out on Sportsnet. Uh, I can see the guys on the panel now getting things going. Uh, they had Steve Nash on. And, of course, they'll have our guy. What are you Dan thinking? Shulman. What are you thinking here? For Canada. Canada's going to win this game. Yeah. Yeah. Like just, handily or um, close? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think they'll cover the spread. Oh, which is like what? That's pretty good. What was it? Like? Eight and a half. Yeah, I think I think they can. They have the momentum. I mean, we are just we're pumping their tires, but deservedly so. Like they are riding an extreme high right now, and everything we hear about the way this team is, the culture is set, yeah. the leadership on the court, in the locker room, from top down, their new head coach. Like everything seems like this team is not taking this as a already a win, right? They got one thing checked, but they want to move forward and they want to win this tournament. Like, and they really do have an opportunity and Luca's going to be a tough challenge, but after Luca, depth is shaky, right? So Canada's got that advantage and you've got Shea and you know, he, he has a lot of pride in being one of the best players on uh, at this tournament. And I think he's going to have a hell of a game today. Yeah. They just have a lot of swagger. And I think Blake made a really good point about Lou Dort and, Having Dylan Brooks mm-hmm. potentially start on Luka Doncic, like the, defensively, they're just they're very very good. That's very important to Jordy Fernandez that they have a defensive identity, and they have shown that in this tournament. And when you can throw those guys at another team's best player, I know Luka's really really good, one of the best players in the NBA. But that's going to so be she. pretty unrelenting to have to deal with. And that's when I think the depth for Canada, like you said, shines through. Okay, a couple minutes from that kicking off, uh, looking for a. Big time semifinal berth. We saw Germany beat Latvia earlier on. Um, and so Canada next in line, hopefully, for that opportunity. We're going to have Chad Kelly join us after the break. Argos quarterback, Grey Cup champ, Swag Kelly got contract extension, uh, now the highest paid player in the CFL. Uh, we'll have a wake and rake to TF as well. So you can send those picks in at 595.90. Blue Jays in action at 337. A, day- a daytime game, a treat after last night's late one. Uh, it will be. Hunjin Ryu on the mound. We'll take your picks. Um, Blue Jays looking for the sweep, a much-needed sweep, and a much-deserved uh, against this team. Hopefully, you can get one that's a little bit more comfortable throughout the game. Uh, Chad Kelly joins us after the break on the Fan Morning Show. Jesse Rubinoff and Ailish Borvar. 
your daily dose of everything NFL. It's the Fan Checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Back on the Fan Morning Show, Sports at 590, the Fan, Canada and Slovenia, about uh, two and a half minutes into the game. It is 6-4 for Slovenia. Long, lots of game you're, left, You're right? like living and, and dying <laughs> with every bucket here. I, well, we were about to come on. I was like, Canada's up. And then Slovenia just yeah. got a bucket. So yeah, I'm it's, like, up, you know, it's okay. Comeback time. Comeback time. Uh, we got a great guest, uh, someone we've been excited to chat with. Uh, Chad sure. Kelly, Toronto Argonauts quarterback and Grey Cup champion last Thursday, signed a three-year extension with the Toronto Argonauts, making him the highest paid player in the CFL. Uh, Chad Swag Kelly, living up to the name. Uh, very excited to have you on. And congratulations on the extension. Thank you very much for having me on. So I know you've been through a lot in your football career, highs and lows, uh, but so you take a moment to like let this sink in that you've now found a home here in Toronto, a three-year contract extension, the highest paid player in the CFL. Um, it, it must be just a really nice reflection point for you to say, this is, this is kind of what you work hard for, you go through the ups and downs for, and now you've got a great home here in Toronto and, and the fans love you. Yeah, uh, definitely it is. It, it feels like you're you're appreciative. Um, it feels like everybody, you know, really wants you. Um, you know, they don't just say it now. You know, they've shown it. I think the biggest thing about the whole, you know, contract and everything is about wins and losses, right? I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's about what you can do, but also, you know, they wanna they wanna see wins, and you know, I think that's a result of you know a lot of hard work and dedication that is went into it, but you know, we're still we're still learning each and every day about each other, our coaches and myself and, and how to get better each and every day. But <clears throat> right now I think we have such a great workplace that, you know, everybody felt comfortable in doing what they did. When did things click for you, Chad? When did you know that Toronto was where you wanted to be uh, for the long term, given the journey that you've been on in your career? When did it fall into place for you? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, I can't really – put a put a definite answer on that I, I just think that over time like getting to know the guys and you know even this offseason being able to partake with you know the coaches and in, in the meetings and, and watch film together and stuff like that it just kind of felt like a natural place to be and and what better place to be than in Toronto I mean this this city is so beautiful it's clean um, it's colorful it you know has every type of culture that you want you know I've, I've met my girlfriend here I just think there's there's so many great things about this city and, you know, this is a place where I, I see myself, you know, having a family and, and being here in the long term. Did you head down to the exhibition, the CNE <laughs> at all over the last couple of weeks? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we went down there. It, it's a good time. It's obviously <laughs> chaos you know, all the time. And, and you see it 24 seven, especially when you're working over there every day. But uh, I, I think it's a fantastic thing they do every year. And, you know, it's great for the city to bring people together, but, you know, they, they got to bring the prices down just a little bit. I think, <laughs> for, for a lot more people to be able to afford it. Preach. Yeah, yeah no, we agree. Well, uh, we make sure the right people are listening on that one. Uh, speaking of the CNA, like the Labor Day Classic in, in, uh, on Monday in Hamilton, they got the flyover. It's always a big weekend, CFL, and the Argos are now 9-1. and one. Uh, Big, big-time convincing win over the rival Tiger Cats on Monday. I mean, the city's really come alive. That's a big rivalry game. Uh, to perform that well against the uh, a, a team like that, it probably was a big moment uh, in this season so far. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, anytime that, you know, you're going against your rivals, you, you got to make sure you're, you're on your P's and Q's. And did we play the best? No. Um, did we have some ups and downs? Yes. Uh, I think all three phases of the game kind of had, you know, some ups and downs and, you know, we're, we're the most penalized team and, and we got to fix that. Right. And we, we probably should have put up a lot more points. I know personally, I wish I would have had a few things back, but you know, it's about learning. It's about, you know, experience, but at least, versus our rival team that we know this is a huge game, not only for ourselves, but even in the East um, division, this is, that was huge. And to be able to go into their, their place and, and do it up, I mean, what more can you ask for? You said after you signed the contract that you acknowledge that there's, there's more pressure now after the contract. Everyone's looking at you to be the best player out there. So how do you think you're going to handle that extra pressure and, and make sure it doesn't become too overbearing for you? Yeah, um, you know, that, that's that's a good point. I mean, honestly, it's just about putting in even more work. You know, you you, you put in enough work, um, you know, you understand everything that comes with, you know, being the quarterback. But now having the pressure of, hey, you got to perform at the very highest level um, is also even some more pressure. So you got to watch more film. you got to put in more work, um, you know, on and off the field. Uh, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, as long as we're winning, I mean, people aren't going to say much about being the best as mm-hmm. long as you're winning. Chatting with Chad Kelly, uh, Charles Argos quarterback, a Grey Cup champion. Argos 9-1 and one to start the season. Um, rightfully so. We hear a lot about the way you're leading this team. Uh, we talked to Pinball Clemens, and he was sure to say, you know what, this team has a lot of depth. There's a lot of players that aren't getting as much of the press. Who for you this season has been instrumental in getting uh, getting your team to nine and one like this is an electric start the fan base is is really on board with the Toronto Argonauts but maybe some guys deserve a little bit more yeah I mean look I think everybody has just kind of bought in from day one you know um you know it, even going back to training camp you know Coxie was out for a little bit but I made sure he stayed back you know Didi being the older guy you got Cam Phillips who you know, was behind Marquise at the time, and you know Marquise got hurt, and then Cam stepped up. So um, obviously, you got Curly, who you know I think has just been a natural Canadian player who who does a lot of great things with a lot of great speed. Then you guys got got a guy like David Unger who comes over from Hamilton, and he's he's an explosive guy. He he's witty. He really he has that grit. And then you got Brissett who, you know, I just think is one of the most athletic guys I've ever seen, you know, in the sport ever before. And, you know, testament to his genes and and having his brother in the NBA. But then you look at the guys up front. I mean, all those guys up front have have an edge to them. And that's kind of what I see with this team. Everybody has a chip on their shoulder. And not many teams have that, I I think. Um, And so it started literally from day one training camp that you're like, okay, a lot of these guys want to prove their worth. And, you know, a lot of guys are on, were on contract years and still are, right? And so I think, you know, you, you got you to gotta take that into the equation that guys are really fighting for their job and fighting for their life and not just kind of rolling through the motions. Well, you obviously were drafted into the NFL after your great college career, spent some time with the, the Broncos and the Colts. How do you think your time in the NFL prepared you for being a leader here at the CFL level? Yeah, uh, I, I think just stepping into, you know, an NFL meeting room is, is kind of unique in a situation of, you know, the quarterback is the guy who's really running the show. And, you know, what I mean by that is, yeah, coaches are going to come up with the plays, but the quarterback is, is the one who has to be out there and see what he sees. And, 
you know, if, if a safety's playing inside leverage and, you know, you got to be able to play with them at the top, we got to make sure that we are getting our full depth. And that's kind of just being on the same page so we don't, you know, just kind of bleed into routes or we don't, you know, we have to make sure we get our depth. It's about fundamentals and technique each and every day. And, and being in an NFL, you know, locker room and, and meeting room, that's what coaches always harped on was the mm-hmm. fundamentals and technique of, of playing football. And, you know, it, it might sound cliche to say, but every rep has, has its own, you know, identity to it. So we just have to make sure that it's a repetitive thing, but, you know, it even goes back to having the basic fundamentals of, of knowing your route depth and, and where you need to be when, when I'm in my drop. So whatever you guys are doing during your reps, it's certainly working out. And I ask you this question, uh, fully understanding that you just signed a contract with the Argos, but the way you're playing, you might be generating some interest down South. Eventually. Is that something that you're still interested in if it comes up or have you really found a home in your mind in the Canadian football league here? Yeah, I, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm definitely committed um, to being here now. Am I going to, you know, run right now and, and say, I'm going to the NFL? No. Am I going to say that I'm going to stay here? That, that's my goal is to stay here. Uh, I, you know, I, I look at this team and, and we're going to be good for, for a lot of years to come. So, I mean, that's what's, what's absolutely amazing. We have, you know, fantastic ownership. We have a fantastic group of players and coaches that, you know, I, I feel like this is, this is my home and, and this is where I want to be. So um, I'm excited for the next couple of years, but, you know, I, I'm not ruling out any situation right now, but I'm definitely fully committed to, to being here. Uh, last one for you, Chad. Uh, on the uh, heels of uh, a great season and starting up this one, you sign a contract, you get a big, you know, a good bo- a signing bonus, let's say. Um, <laughs> did you buy anything with that? Because we always hear about guys going out and they spoil themselves. You get something. Maybe you just bought something at the CNE because that was expensive enough. But is there anything you did to treat yourself with that uh, three-year contract extension? <laughs> Uh, for myself, you know, I'm, I'm more of a family guy. I, I, I like to, uh, you know, help out, help out family and friends. I, uh, I made a nice little, uh, diamond purchase, uh, for my girlfriend. So that was, that was my, uh, my gift for the hand. Uh, uh, for the, for the earring. Okay. I was going to say, do we have something coming in the future? Well, that's exciting. Congrats. And uh, I'm sure she'll you. love it either way. Hold on, Chad. I know you said, I know you said, uh, after AJ Olette's, um, excessive touchdown celebration, you did the Thor celebration and mm. got fined for it. I know you said, uh, you're going to be covering that fine oh, for yeah. him. So is that like, is that something that's going to have to continue with every, every player that gets a fine to your team now or just him? Cause he's on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, you, you know, he, he told me that he was going to do it, you know, before the game or whatever. And, you know, not thinking about the repercussions, of course, and not realizing, you know, uh, Hey, you can't really bring a prop onto the field. And, and I, I, I had no, no recollection of what was going to happen. And so, uh, yeah, I, I, if, if another guy comes up and tells me he's going to do a, a celebration with a prop, I'm going to tell him no. And if he does do it, he's going to have to cover that. But uh, because that, that instance, I, I, I will be covering it because I, I, it slipped past my mind. Oh, sure. no, that's, that's very move, fair of you. Yeah. Very, that's a good leader right there, uh, Chad. Appreciate you jumping on. Congrats on the great season so far and the the extension. Looking forward to seeing what the rest of this season comes. Oh, I'm going to come to the game on Saturday, so I'll awesome. see you up close and personal. I'll be screaming real loud, all right? And I won't bring any props. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I appreciate you guys having me on. Go Argos. Of course. Thanks, Thanks so much. Chad. Chad Kelly, Argos quarterback, Grey Cup champ, just signed a three-year extension, making him the highest-paid player in the CFL. And He's a star. He didn't spend too much. He's frugal. You know, buy a couple diamonds for the GF and... 
appreciate the, the shout out and the lowering prices at yeah. the X too. Like he's he's a, everywhere he's a, could stand lower prices. He's a guy that's days. like you know Toronto man. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna do his best to help us out. No, he's he's a star. I think the, the CFL oftentimes is looking for you know faces mm-hmm. that they can market. And uh, Chad Kelly, Kelly is yeah, he he is Swag Kelly. Like he he's a reason to go out and and watch these teams play. Yeah, he's, he's great. I'm 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 excited. Like I looked uh, many times at. An opportunity head to an Argos game. The season hasn't worked with my schedule, but Saturday, 1 p.m. game, like it is just perfect. Saturday afternoon, have a little, yeah, couple beers. Yes. Argos versus Montreal. And It'll then Sunday, too. You're not doing any tailgating Sunday, no. right? So no, no, no. You'll be able to recover. I'll be on the couch. Okay, um, I saw a tweet from Tommy Beer. Yes. This was just coming across my timeline right now. Um, if USA and Canada both advance to the World Cup final on Sunday, could be an all-time sports day. USA, Canada possibly will just say, whatever, the final in FIBA would be at 8.40 a.m. Then you have a full slate of NFL games starting at 1 p.m. You'd have the U.S. Open men's final. Could be you know, some big names there head-to-head, of course. And then you'd have Giants, Cowboys, Sunday Night Football. Like, that's that's what you live for. That's getting back that's into That's crazy. It. My favorite part of that tweet, I'm looking at it now, mm-hmm. uh, Tommy Beer with the 8.40 a.m. USA and FIBA championship game brackets versus Canada? Question mark, question mark, question mark. We would very much hope that. It would be great to see those two go head-to-head. I know we talked about it yesterday. Would you rather, like, USA lose and that, no, I want to see them go. It's like, that's, you want to go against the best best, and your rivals. And we always love Canada, USA, and anything. beat the best. There you go. It's like hockey. Like, I want to see Canada, USA in the gold medal or in the final. Like, I I don't want to see... Finland, sorry. Well, Canada's got to get through Slovenia first and are losing currently. It is 22-21 Slovenia with 52 seconds left in the first. Lots of time, lots of game to be (laughs) played. Your tune has changed considerably. (laughs) You were ready to run through a wall up to nothing, and now they're down one in the first. That's why you play the game. That's why it's a 40-minute long game. Uh, Lots of time. You can check that out on Sportsnet. (laughs) Let's do a wake and rake and wrap up our show. Wake up! Now it's time for Wake and Rake. You could be raking in the dough with your kind of accuracy. Show me the money. With Ailish and Justin. Okay, so big game, um, big opportunity for the Blue Jays, to say the least, to sweep the Oakland Athletics. Bare minimum, let's do this. Uh, 337 first pitch. There'll be Hanjun Ryu on the mound. I mean, we saw it last night. If you try to keep your eyes open, uh, (laughs) it can be tough basketball. A big shot there. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, big, big three by the Jordan. Um, it can be tough to watch at times, but the Blue Jays found a way uh, to get a couple runs in, just like the Delta flight. Ooh, yeah. Good tweet. It was a good tweet. Good tweet last the Blue night. Jays and the Delta flight got uh, the runs last night. Yeah. Um, if you haven't figured out what I'm talking about, just type in Delta flight. Don't. No, no. Yeah. You, no, I don't think they Maybe don't, don't do it over breakfast. How yeah. about that? Like, it's graphic. Think, okay. After seeing what transpired in the video, I can say that they made the right call by granting the plane the, immediately. The, this is the this is how we can explain it properly. The flight was midway through on its destination and was rerouted no, back home. No, no, I'm, I, I got okay. this professionally. Okay. Okay. It was rerouted back home due to a human biohazard on the plane. Yeah. That's the proper and professional 8.49 a.m. explanation of what happened. Read between the lines. Yeah. Anyway. Well, yeah. 
an extreme human <laughs> let's let's uh let's think if anyone thinks the blue jays are going to get the runs uh against oakland athletics nice. today uh we do have someone betting that uh courier chris in toronto thinks jays and a is over eight total runs let's continue the streak that's his wake and rake pick i'm seeing that at eight as well um we've got dan from peterborough saying our jays did it again they're hitting more than a handful of runs i can't stop smiling now in a few game stretch who knew they could string that together for the wake and rake biggio is hitting well and is plus 105 for over zero and a half hits with five hits over the last six games i think that's a solid bet i'll tell you what dan we've never once put Kevin biggio in our parlay <laughs> So could be a treat. Um, Big E, Eric in Burlington says, we went two for three yesterday. Dodgers mess everything up. Ah, that's all right. Today, I like the Jays' money line at minus 175. He likes Rockies and Diamondbacks over nine and a half. Lots of runs there. Both pitchers are garbage. And Mariner, Marin, Mariners, Mariners minus one and a half. They're going to break that three-game losing streak tonight. Have a great day. Uh, finally, Corey from Port Hope says, the last two times I've submitted an under for the wake and rake, the over is hit by like 10 runs. I think it's a sign <laughs> to stop with the over-under picks. Okay. Today, I like the Jays to continue the heater and I like them on the run line. Me too. Arrested bullpen after Bassett went deep into the game last night, so I like them to shut down the ace tonight. That will be my pick as well, Corey and Port Hope. It will be the same as I did yesterday. Blue Jays on the run line. If they cannot beat the Oakland Athletics by more than one run, then... We'll have an interesting show tomorrow. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, I'm going back to the well like I did uh, yesterday with the Houston Astros over the Texas Rangers. And it is the first time in the Ooh. illustrious careers of Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer that they'll be going up against each other. Pretty uh, pretty awesome. Pretty spicy. I mean, Verlander has been better on the whole this season, uh, marginally. He had a brutal outing last time out against the Yankees, but I expect him to bounce back. I'm going to go with the Astros because I think what's happening with the Texas Rangers, I mean, if they, if there's anyone that could stem the tide, it's Max Scherzer, but I don't think that day is going to be today going up against Justin Verlander. I mean, the Rangers are just falling apart at the seams. Yeah, They're falling they apart at the seams. They certainly are. So let's go back to the well Houston Astros. Okay, and it's plus money on the money line, so I like that. It'll help spice it up. Um, okay, so is there something you like in the submissions? Uh, we already have Jay's pick. Uh, we could do an over in the Rockies and the Diamondbacks. Mariners on the run line. A Biggio-specific same-game parlay. Or do you want to go runs? Where's the Rockies game? Uh, Rockies and Diamondbacks is in Arizona. Ooh, I was going to say go over. Oh, if yeah. it's, it's always it's, over. Go Biggio then. Okay. Kevin Biggio, welcome to the parlay. We'll be adding you in as a uh, over zero and a half hit. So just to get one single hit, Mr. Kevin Biggio. Let's put that in the parlay. Uh, hopefully people can find that because sometimes it's a bit of a random selection. So we'll put that in and we will submit the parlay. And that will be Kevin Biggio to record a hit. The Houston Astros on the money line and the Jays on the run line plus 716 today. That's a spicy one. Like, I love that. It's like the Delta. Well, I, I think it's uh, it's nice to be getting the Astros at uh, plus money. Yeah, just capitalize while you can. You say so myself. Uh, Miles in Calgary says, when we say the Jays have a 50% shot at making the playoffs, More which games now. are big swing pieces in that calculation, I would assume that they are supposed to sweep Oakland and split Texas. How much can their probability shift if they win one that they weren't expected to? That's a I'm great not qu- a calculation expert, but I think they're expected probably to finish the sweep, hopefully sweep the Kansas City Royals, 
comes down to how that Texas Rangers game goes, and I think the probability will really depend on those two are going head-to-head for that wild card spot. Mm-hmm. The Red Sox have been pretty all right. Uh, then you got the Yankees who have now decided they want to win games, and the Rays in the future, the Yankees again, and the Rays to wrap it up. So, I mean, this probably the fact that the Blue Jays can't beat AL East teams comes into the play of there's going to be some hard yeah, baseball t- down the road. It takes everything into effect, right? Like the the games against these the soft schedule, uh, this definitely factors in um, into their projections for where they're expected to finish at the end of the season. So all of that uh, gets factored in, and and having the soft schedule has certainly helped mm-hmm. the Toronto Blue but Jays. But that's where you got to win them. Yeah, I mean, look, look, they're the best team in the league against non-division opponents. <laughs> best team in league. If they can continue to do that up until the last two weeks of the season, they're going to be in really good shape. All right. Speaking of good shape, Canada up thirty-three to thirty. Against Slovenia <laughs> on right now on Sportsnet. You can catch that. Uh, just started the second uh, quarter. So let's go Canada. Hopefully we're coming on tomorrow morning on a baby Friday with good, good news and good vibes. Canada in a quarterfinal game right now against Slovenia. Uh, opportunity to do something real special. Go for a medal and maybe more. Uh, got the Paris Olympics. So go big team. We'll be back tomorrow morning. That was Jesse Rubinoff and Ailish Porfar on the Fan Morning Show.